Welcome to the Burn Hickory Podcast, where you can listen to our sermons each week. Our mission is to reach everyone around us with the hope of Christ. And our goal is that you'll find a place where you can learn, grow, live, and thrive in a faith family. Now let's get ready to dig into Scripture and see what God has for us today. When, when I started traveling as the missions pastor, one of the things I was really, really good at was way overpacking. Have you ever done that? Now, I know some of y'all have been on the trips with me. And when, when we say we're getting ready to go on a trip in three weeks, you go ahead and start laying your clothes out in the guest bedroom on the bed. Three weeks in advance. So you know that you've got everything you need. And then you do like the good old Boy Scout. You want to be prepared, so you pack about five extra outfits and three extra pairs of shoes and all those things. And next thing you know, you're all loaded down with baggage. And when you go to the airport and all of that, you're stumbling through the airport and you get up to the desk and then they go to weigh it. Yeah, see, you've been there. And it's way over 50 pounds. And now you're that person who's opening your suitcase in front of everyone, going through everything in your suitcase, trying to rearrange it so that you can put some of it in a different bag and make it through without having to pay that $50 surcharge for your bags being overweight. Somewhere this morning, between the time that your foot hit the floor and you got in your car to leave... You reached over for some baggage. Oh, not the physical baggage of plastic and leather and all, but you reached over and you picked up from the carousel bag those burdens of life that for some reason you think you have to carry through. Some of you picked up that suitcase of guilt and some of you picked up that hanging bag of shame and worthlessness. And some of you picked up that double full bag of worry. Some of you picked up a trunk of fear. Some of you picked up a carry-on of, of uh, unmet expectations. Some of you picked up the backpack of doubt. Some of you picked up an overnight bag of loneliness. Some of you picked up that carry-on of hatred and anger. And you've carried that through life. And it has weighed you down. I'm submitting to you today, it's a new year. Why not do just like y'all would want to say to me, put that stuff down. Walk away from it. When you get off the plane and you go to the baggage carousel, just keep walking. Why pick it up again? Because when you pick this stuff up, it robs you of your joy. Fear does not stop at death. It stops life. Worry does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. The devil knows your name and calls you by your past and your failures and your sins. God knows your past and your failures and your sins and calls you by your name. Can I keep meddling a little bit? 
What's the one thing that separates you from joy? How do you fill in this blank? I would be happy if... How would you fill that in? I would be happy if... When I'm healed, when I'm rich and I got the money I need, when I'm married, when I'm single, when this person I don't have to work with anymore. How do you answer that question? You see, if your ship never comes in, if your dream never comes true, if the situation never changes, could you be happy? If not, then you're sleeping in that cold cell of discontent. That's your prison. It's holding you back from the things God has for you. So again, what you would say to me, God says to us, put that stuff down and walk away from it. Matthew eleven twenty eight says it this way. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Man, we need that. We need to learn to walk away from the things that we have been told or we believe we have to carry and push through life. And God is saying, I'll take care of it. One of the passages I want you to turn with me to today is probably one of the passages in Scripture that all of you have heard in your life. Many of you have probably memorized it, and it is quoted so often in different ways. Psalm 23. Let's just look at Psalm 23 and see why we can walk away from this stuff. What does Psalms 23 teach us and tell us about walking away. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before my enemies, in the, or in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my coat overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow, what a passage. We've said that many times in our life. We've read it many times. Let's take it phrase by phrase, and just look at this for a second. The first two words, the Lord. Enough said right there. The Lord. That is his name, Yahweh. We go back to uh, when God calls Moses to go to Pharaoh to free the people, and he says, well, what do they say? Who do I say sent me? And he says, say, I am. Yahweh, he is everything. He is everything we've just sung about and more. He is God. The next 115 words in this passage are descriptive of the Lord. So if he is the Lord, then we move forward to this here. The Lord is my shepherd. That means he's in a relationship with you. 
The Lord is your shepherd. He's in a relationship with you. Um, Charles Spurgeon says this, the sheep are never so safe from the wolf as when they are near the shepherd. A.W. Tozer said it this way, the only place for a sheep is by the side of the shepherd because the devil does not fear sheep. He just fears the shepherd. So the Lord is my shepherd. We're in a relationship with him because of what Jesus did. We just sang about that, that he died on the cross and rose again so that we can have that relationship, that he becomes your shepherd. He's the Lord and he is your shepherd. You are in a relationship with him. And he says, you shall not want, I shall not want. That means God said, I'll be your supplier. I will supply all you need. Not all that you want, all that you need. And we can trust him. And we can walk in that. So we're in a relationship and he supplies. And he says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He will give you rest. He will bring you rest when things seem so overbearing. And you're not sure how to get through it. You know, he will bring the rest to you. He makes us lie down. That means he brings the rest to us. Then he says, he leads me beside still waters. That's his refreshment. He refreshes us when we take the time to rest and be assured of who he is. Then he brings refreshment to us. And we are fresh and ready to move forward. He restores my soul. He brings healing to us. He brings healing to our soul. He can bring healing to our body, but he brings healings to our emotions and all these things that we have to, that we have bought the lie that we have to carry through in life. He can bring healing from that. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. This is he guides us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will show us what to do and when not to do. When we will take the time to talk to him and listen to him and then be obedient to him. He will lead you because he does not forsake us or leave us. And he will lead us. For his name's sake. That means for his purpose. He has a purpose for you and for me and all that he wants for us. But when we will rest in these things and let him refresh us and guide him, he gives us purpose. And that purpose is following him and making him known. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. There's going to be tests in life. There's going to be struggles in life that are going to come our way. He says he will be there with us. And he, those are good for us. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there will be that testing. But in that, I can fear no evil. That means in the midst of all of that, God will protect you. He provides us with protection at all times. Thou art with me. He will be faithful. He will be faithful. He is not able to not be there for you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This is one some of us don't like because that means he will discipline us and he will poke us back in the right way. And he says, go, 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 this, no, no, not that way. And he will discipline us. And we need that. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. That when all of this is coming crashing in, the enemy is coming at us, he gives us hope that he will be there with us and that he will not forsake us. 
So there's hope in the midst of this because he's already prepared a table for you to eat at and to be nourished and uh, strengthened from. Thou anointest my head with oil. That means he consecrates you. That means he sets you apart. He anoints you to be his and to do his work and to be his child. My cup runneth over. That means abundance. God gives you abundantly. He gives over and above what all of us think we need. He gives it to us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's his blessing. God gives you blessings. Even in the midst of those trials. He's blessed you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. God's got you in the palm of his hand. He will not let go of you. And lastly, forever. That's eternity. That he will be all these things. So the Lord is my shepherd. That's not enough for you? Let me just throw some other things at you. Who he is for you. Out of scripture. In Psalms 103, he says, it says he's our healer. In Isaiah 59, 20, he is our redeemer. In Psalms 7, verse 5, he is our deliverer. In Psalms 43, 2, he is our strength. In Joel 3, 16, he is our shelter. In John 15, 15, he is our friend. In 1 John 2, 1, he is our advocate. In Psalms 23, 3, we saw he's our restorer. In Isaiah 9, 6, he's our everlasting father. In 1 John 4, 16, he is love. In 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6, he is our mediator. In Nahum 1, 7, he's our stronghold. In John 6, 35, he's the bread of life. In Psalms 32, 7, he's our hiding place. You got enough? Well, let me keep going then. In Isaiah 60 and 20, he's our everlasting light. In Proverbs 18, 10, he's our strong tower. In Jeremiah 50 and 6, he's our resting place. In John 16, 13, he is the spirit of truth. In Isaiah 25, 4, he is the refuge in the middle of the storm. In 1 John 5, 20, he is our eternal life. In Genesis 22, 14, he is the Lord that provides. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 16, he is the Lord of peace. In John 4, 10, he is our living water. In Psalms 144, 2, he is our shield. In Isaiah 54, 5, he is our husband. In Hebrews 13, 6, he is our helper. In Isaiah 9, 6, he is our wonderful counselor. In Exodus 15, 26, he is our healer. In Psalms 71, 5, he is our hope. In Romans 15, 5, he is our God of comfort. Wow. Amen. Yeah. So say with me, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's claim it. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he? Well, then why do we have trouble walking and letting this baggage go? See, because it's real easy to say that stuff and all that I just read and we can clap. And I agree, it's worth clapping for. But for some reason, we get burdened down with this stuff that we try to go through life with even though we say we know the truth. And it bogs us down. Let me just read you this passage. Matthew 9, 16, 17. 
but no one puts a patch of unshrunk clothes on an old garment. For the patch pulls away from the garment and a, and a worse tear results. Nor do people put new wine into, new, into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskin bursts and the wine pours out and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. Now, I know when Jesus spoke this, he was really speaking uh, to Jews about the new wine of Christianity and what he was going to do. But the principle of this carries much further. And the principle of this is, guys, we know the truth of God's word, but we keep putting it into our old thinking pattern. We put it into our old wineskin. We take this patch and we put it on to the old garment and that is ruined. Uh, Because when you put new wine into an old wineskin, that wineskin has been uh, treated now because of all the years with it. And when you put the new wine in and the fermentation causes that uh, leather skin to burst and it all pours out. When we take God's word and we put it into our old thinking pattern, it's all ruined. Why not take God's word and let it be the new thinking pattern and make the old adjust to it? See, what we do in our lives is because of the things in our past and this baggage we carry, when we get a new truth, we say, well, here, let me put it in that. And we hope that that changes this. It's not going to change it. And most of the time, it ruins it. What we're supposed to do is take this and take this and put it in it. But we get confused and we put our new truth into our old patterns, into our old thinker. And when we do that, it's not going to transform us. We see other passages, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things come. Walking away from it. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this old world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let this become the standard so that you may prove what the will of God is, that good, perfect, and acceptable will. But the reason we don't make it is every time we come to church and we get a new truth, we take this and we try to put it into our old thinking pattern. And it doesn't work. And so therefore, within days or weeks, we're back to being the same old man because we keep putting it into the same stuff. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 said, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretentious thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought into the obedience of Christ. Take captive. I take captive this thought, this burden that's holding me back and I apply it to God's word as this is the truth and that is the lie and the burden. But most of us, because of our old man in nature, we apply this to that instead of that to this and then we fail. 
And then we walk in more guilt and we walk in more shame and we don't know what to do with it. Great illustration straight out of the Gospels. In John 21, the last chapter of the Gospel of John, Peter has denied Christ. And the disciples and Jesus has been uh, crucified and buried and rose again. And they went back to their old man. They went back to fishing. They had had all the truth poured into them. They knew the truth, but what did they do? They went back fishing. Well, as it would be early in the morning, as they're coming in from fishing, Jesus shows up on the shore, yells out, have you caught anything? I said, no, it's been a bad night fish. He said, well, throw your nets on the other side. They throw them on the other side. He says they caught 153 fish. Their nets were over. And one of them says to Peter, it's the Lord. Now, Peter's just denied Christ. He's walking with this baggage of guilt, shame, worry, doubt. And he chooses to jump out of the boat, rush to the shore, And when he gets there, I don't know, I'm just supposing this. But because of this baggage he's carried, because he just denied Christ, he's got, man, I'm going to get there. But what's he going to say to me? What's he going to question me about? What's he going to say, well, why did you and why didn't you? And you told me you wouldn't and all this stuff. And what did Jesus do? He served them. It says that he had a fire there and he already had fish on the grill. And they come and they bring some of their fish and they add it to the grill and they sit down and they have a meal together. Jesus serves them and they have small talk. And Jesus never ever brings up to Peter the why. Why didn't you? You told me you wouldn't. And when he finally addresses Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, sure, Lord, I do. He says, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Why, yes, Lord. Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Well, now, Lord, you know I do. I just told you so. Feed my sheep. And God never brings it up. Jesus never brings up where Peter failed. He had left it behind. And he's just saying, all those truths I taught you, go do them. Walk in the truth of it instead of the shame and the guilt and the fear that has tried to bog you down and cause you to go back to your old ways. I've got it. Let's go. We can get there. There's a, a, an illustration that I love. One of my things is I, I love good war movies. I don't know why, especially if they're historical. And uh, one of my favorites is the uh, war series called Band of Brothers. Many of you have seen it. Well, there's a scene in Band of Brothers where um, the enemy has got this little town called Foy. F-O-Y, and they've got it captured, and the Americans are in the tree edge, and there's about a 200-yard field between the tree edge and the city, and the Americans are going to attack and take Foy. 
And so uh, they get all their guys together and they tell Lieutenant Dyke, you take this attack in. Y'all don't stop. Go all the way in. Attack this village. We're going to take the village. Oh, okay, okay, yes, sir. And, and so they start running and they run through the field. And sure enough, as soon as they get out in the middle of the field, all the mortars are going off, all the gunshots, and Dyke freezes. And he, all of a sudden he tells his whole platoon, stop, get down, hide. And they all start jumping behind um, hay bales and all this stuff while bullets and mortars are coming in and they're sitting there and they stopped advancing. And the, uh, the, the man in charge back at the trees is yelling, move forward, move forward, don't stop, keep moving. You're gonna die if you stay there. And they just kept there behind their little, and everybody's panicking, even the soldiers are out here with Lieutenant Dyke saying, if we stay here, we're gonna die, what do we do? Uh, okay, let me think, just stay here. We're gonna die, we've gotta keep moving. No, we're gonna stay here, we're gonna stay here. So finally, the head guy calls another lieutenant over, Lieutenant Spears, and Lieutenant Spears, you get in there and relieve Dyke and you take that attack in. He goes, yes, sir. So he runs through the field and dodging these bullets. He gets to Lieutenant Dyke and says, Lieutenant Dyke, I'm here to take over for you. He goes, okay, okay, good, good. You go ahead. And he, Spears gets the guys rallied up and he says, all right, well, let's go. And they rush in and they take the city of Foy. And that is so much like us a lot of times. We start to attack and we start to get, and we get out in the middle of it and this baggage shows up and we sit down. And you are going to die there. We have to keep moving forward when the enemy comes at us. Psalms 23 says God's already given us all we need. Keep moving forward. That's why Jesus, when he reinstates Peter, he says, go, feed my sheep. Take care of them. Put the baggage of guilt and shame and worry and all down. One of the reasons we don't keep New Year's resolutions very well is because we put it into our old pattern instead of let it become our new pattern so we can press forward and move forward and win the battle. C.S. Lewis said this, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. What baggage do you need to walk away from and trust that God's got this? What baggage have you been carrying for the last days, weeks, all through 2022 or be from back there? I know you're like me. They're, all of 22 didn't go perfect. And some of those, in those things that happen, when you lose a loved one, we carry grief. Something doesn't go right. We make a mistake, shame, worthlessness, and we start carrying that as is our burden to bear. And God said, I'll bear it. I'll carry it. But you're going to have to walk away from it. That great theologian, Winnie the Pooh, said it this way. You can't get over there until you leave where you are here. What do you need to let go of? What do you need to walk away from 
so that you can have what God says you can have and you can be what God says you can be. We all get bogged down in these things and we don't make it there. Oh, I had another verse I was going to give you. Let's see if I can find it here. Got too many things to say today. Here it is. John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. If I had not told you so, I would not have told you so if it was not true. So how do we move forward? A, the life in front of you is more important than the life behind you. I say that again. The life in front of you is more important than the life behind you. B, ask yourself this. Is what you're doing today getting you where you want to be tomorrow? And C, don't be a prisoner to your past. It was a lesson, not a life sentence. Let me repeat those. Life in front of you is more important than life behind you. Ask yourself this, is what you're doing today getting you where you want to be tomorrow? And then don't be a prisoner to your past. It was a lesson, not a life sentence. So how do we move forward? I call it the three C's, as in the letter C, the three C's. There's choice, chance, and change. You've got to make the choice to take the chance to bring about change. You've got to make a choice to take the chance to bring about change. Put the new thing, God's Word, and make everything come in alignment to it instead of making the Word of God come into alignment to that. Some of you have been taking notes on that paper we put in the laps or seats in front of you. But I'm going to ask you to grab some of that paper and a marker. I'm asking everyone to do this. And I'm going to pray here. And when I, after I pray, I want you to write down on this piece of paper. You may write down more than one thing. This is you and for you alone. But I'm asking you to write down what is that burden or burdens that you've been carrying that you need to walk away from? What is it that you need to throw down? What is it you need to make the choice to take the chance to walk away from? Let God speak to your heart through this word today. And you write down on that piece of paper what it is you're going to walk away from today. Father God, I thank you for this word and how it has penetrated my heart. I ask you to speak to everyone in this room and everyone online that they would take this word and listen to you right now. Lord, show them what it is they need to walk away from guilt, shame, worthlessness, fear, discontent, doubt, worry, anger, hatred, a habit, whatever it is, Lord, show them what that is. And Lord, would you now do a mighty work in their life, help them to make the choice, to take the chance, to throw it down. Lord, we give this to you right now. As we start this new year, help us to walk away from the things we don't need 
to be what you want us to be in 2023. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. So we're going to have a response song. It's a song you can stand there and you can sing and we can all sing to the top of our lungs. But I'm going to ask you to respond to God. See, Satan doesn't know what you think, but he sure does know how you act. So one of the ways we punch him in the old face is that we let him know that we're walking away from something. So here's what I want to do as we sing. Whatever you've written down, I'm going to ask you to have the courage to take the chance to come forward and just throw it on the ground down here up front. Tell God you're, you're letting go of it. And you're walking away from it. And go back to the seat and just worship God as we sing this song. I'll be over here near the next steps. If you want to ask Jesus into your heart, you want to join the church, you just want somebody to pray with you, I'll be over here. But let's take the time right now while we sing to come and throw this stuff down that we need to walk away from. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Were you inspired? Maybe you've got questions. Do you want to know more about Jesus? Then we'd love to hear from and connect with you. So take the next step with us by visiting burnthickory.com next. Again, thanks for listening. And hey, stay tuned by subscribing and stay up to date by downloading the Burnt Hickory app.